0: How good are Florida State's offensive transfer portal signees? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked on Seminoles. Today, we are going to go into the offensive players that the Florida State Seminoles have signed, and I'm going to give a grade for each one of them. If you take nothing else from this podcast, know this. Good news is coming for Florida State fans, as they have done very well so far on the recruiting trail with the Transfer Portal. This show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. Make sure you check out FanDuel because today's episode is brought to you by them and right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, let's just break it down. I'm going to go offense, going to start at quarterback, go running back, receiver, tight end, offensive line, right down the line. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give a little information on who they lost, who they gained and give a grade overall. We're going to talk about this from a capacity standpoint. Did you improve? Did you lose? Do you still need something? It's pretty straightforward in that regard as well. First up, quarterback, DJ Uli comes over. The former Clemson quarterback played one season at Oregon State. He is now a knoll. So here's what he did. I'm not necessarily a stat guy when it comes to transfers because you're changing situations completely. And this is DJ's third school, but at quarterback, I think stats are important, so I'm going to read those first. Number one, 180 of 315 last year, 57.1%, 2,658 yards, 21 scores, seven interceptions. A couple of notes beyond that, the percent percentage is a little lower than I'd like it to be. I've, I've made note of that several times on this podcast in general, if you've listened to this, but two things. Number one, Jonathan Smith was his coach at Oregon State. He's the new man at Michigan State. Really good quarterback coach. He actually played quarterback for the Beavers, late 90s, early 2000s. He understands the position and he is a developer. They're going to take shots, power run game, throw it down the field, more of an NFL style. Your offense is not necessarily going to hit as high a mark in terms of percentage. Fewer screens, fewer look passes, easy throws, but it will help you develop. Second point, DJ went five consecutive games against power five opponents in the Pac-12 without an interception. That's not easy. He has developed the mentality, hey, I'd rather throw it away, rather take the sack, rather run, whatever, as opposed to throwing it into harm's way. Now, he struggled more against teams you would you know, surprisingly think that he would struggle, Washington and Oregon, just as an example. But again, if you go five consecutive games without an interception, that tells me that maturity is there. I didn't notice that going through his stats earlier, so I want to make note of that. As for who the Knowles lost, Tate Rodemaker and A.J. Duffy. I wasn't an A.J. Duffy fan based on what I'd heard about him, etc. Tate didn't do very well in the Florida game, but he wasn't terrible either. He just decided to bolt. So Tate's going, just for the record, to Southern Miss. Duffy is headed to San Diego State. and For those of you who don't know, he's from California originally, so he's going back to his native home in the Golden State. So overall, I'm giving this a B-plus grade. And you say, well, why? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, here's the thing. At quarterback, as I've stated a gazillion times, and I'm sure 99.9% of you know, if you don't have experience there, your chances of having anything even close to maximizing your roster talent is next to nil. It's really hard. He's been through the fires at Clemson. Power five, obviously, elite program. And then he's been out at Oregon State. He's seen different kinds of offenses, total spread at Clemson. Power football, they had a really, I forget the kid's name, Martinez, I believe. They had a really good running back. He'll probably end up in the NFL. He's got one more year before he can go. They relied on him, the run game, but it was a different perspective being in a pro style of offense under Jonathan Smith. That's going to bode well for him long-term regardless of Florida State because I'm sure he has aspirations to get paid and play in the not-for-long or the National Football League, if you will. But I think that's going to also help him in his transition to Florida State. They run an offense under Mike Norvell that is a little bit more centered towards what Clemson would do, but there are some pro concepts. And let me give you an example of that. The Pittsburgh game this year. They didn't have either one of Johnny or Keon out of receiver. Ja'Kai Douglas still had 115 yards in receiving, not the biggest dude compared to the other two, especially when you're of the two guys, One, one of them is 215 and he's the smaller, obviously you're throwing to big targets. Johnny Wilson was 235-ish, somewhere around there. So regardless of who was behind center for the Knowles, throwing to him was easy. They found ways to get guys open no matter their size, no matter how many tight ends were in the game, running backs, et cetera. So Florida State still has some semblance of a pro style offense. Secondarily to that, they use the run game regardless. If they were in five wide, they would run motion, etc. There's some semblance, although it doesn't necessarily look the same. The mentality is with an that offense that's pro style, historically speaking, like 80s, 90s. And I think DJ's probably going to have a pretty good year at just not turning the ball over. I don't know if he's going to hit the big plays. He still has to prove that in major games that the Knowles will play next season, but this is a really good opportunity for him. Finally, This is the other thing. It's your last shot, bro. If you want to go to the NFL, you need to take another step up. If you really want to make a roster. Arm strength is there. He's got the size. He's 6'4", 250 pounds, give or take. I don't don't know if he's up or down from that right now. And I have not heard one way or the other what Florida State wants him to play. That's an an important thing. I'm curious to see what Mike Norvell says about that once spring ball gets here. Talking about that in about a month and a half. But once we get into March and, and spring ball is rolling, I'm curious to see. So DJ Uliungle, that's a good football player. That's one that I think a lot of people should probably really look at from the perspective of he has an upside, he has experience, and here's his shot. He's seen all kinds of offenses. It's a pretty good opportunity for him. I wasn't as high on him originally as I am now, but especially those five interse- or five games without an interception gives me a little bit more of a, feel-good thought process with him. Let's move to running back. This is one that I'm a little bit concerned, but there is an upside to this. It's up to Florida State on how they finish this, but I think it's a little bit incomplete because this, these grades are obviously not done until after the second transfer portal, which is April 15th through the 30th. So we, we still have a ways to go, but Florida State so far, obviously doing well. They lost Rodney Hill. He was the redshirt freshman. They also lost C.J. Campbell. Two kids that I think had a lot of talent. They didn't want to wait any longer. For whatever reason, it didn't work out. I, I don't know, but they have both moved on. CJ is going to Ford Atlantic. Rodney's going to Ford AM right down the road. They also gained a kid. They got Jalen Lucas out of Indiana University. He is a quick make-you-miss guy. 5'9", 170 is what he's listed at. He's a decent running back, but here's the key. In today's game, there's a more of a variety with wide receivers, with running backs. There's more of a blur and a blend. A running back could be a receiver, a receiver could be in the back. They do all kinds of things to get guys to football. Well, here's a great example with Jalen. This is not what he did as a runner, but as a pass receiver, although listed as a running back. 34 receptions, 247 yards, 7.3 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. Now, Indiana, by no means, is a great football program. We all know historically it's a really, really bad one but he still did pretty well considering he also did that with other players around him. Not a ton of NFL talent. I'm curious to see what Norbell and his schemes can do with him. You put him in the backfield, regardless of what other players in the backfield with him, a tight end, another running back a receiver, whatever, maybe they put him in the slot. He is an extra element that the other team is not probably going to have a great idea. Where's Jalen lining up at? Are they got to put him out. wide. Are they got to motion him. Is he going to get jet sweeps? it makes the other team's defensive coordinator sweat. That's one of the reasons the spread offense is annoying is when you have guys like this. Again, 5'9", 170. If you're playing power five at that size, you have athleticism plus because you're not going to make it otherwise. It's not like he's going to be a pass protector. I looked up some of his numbers. It's not the guy you want back there protecting your quarterback on third and eight in an obvious throwing situation. But if you blitz... And you do not pick him up, or you don't cover him well. That can be a forty-yard play very, very quickly. For this, I gave Florida State a C, and it's really incomplete. I still think they could take another guy. I mean, that like somebody like Isaiah Holmes, who was a transfer as well, could end up being the player. I don't know. Part of it's going to be spring ball. Um, Florida State. I mean, they've got talent. They got two really good running backs coming in, Cam. I think if you've watched this podcast, you know I think Cam Davis can play right away. He's up to 215. I talked to him at the Under Armour game right after it was over. I think those guys can play early. Do you want to really play freshman a ton? I don't know how much you pick up the playbook. I still think the Knowles could take one more running back. So for now, I'm going to see. They lost two good players. They did. That's just the honest truth. Neither one of them had a ton of productivity, but they had talent. They had offers from a lot of schools. I think Florida State, needs another guy if they can get the right one. I'm not saying they're done at running back. I'm not saying they definitely need another running back. We're going to have to wait and see with spring ball, but that's that's just my opinion. And to that point, my opinion is also that you should check out eBay Motors. Passion and drive and, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Also, this show is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business, take it to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. For me personally, I've been on LinkedIn for Lord only knows how many years. I think it's just the ability to use the app very easily. It's easy to navigate and build relationships. And I've still actually communicated with people that I've known for 20 plus years through LinkedIn. It's easy to do that and you can build a network. And it also has screening tools that'll help you ask questions to get the right kind of candidates for your business. So with that, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's pick up with wide receiver. And here's the key part to this. Receiver, you're not going to just replace the two guys. That, you got to mention this, even if it's not transfer portal. You're not going to just replace Keon and Johnny. Let's just make that note now. Second part of that, you still did pretty well considering what's going on in the portal, so let's hit it. You lost Goldie Lawrence, who was a freshman this last year, and Winston Wright, who things just didn't go, go the way that you expected, The kid from West Virginia. Goldie is going to UCF. Winston Wright is going to ECU. So what did the Knowles re- receive from the portal? They got two. They got Malik Benson from Alabama, and they got Jalen Brown from LSU. Now, I know Jalen personally. I've been, seen him in multiple events. Um, I've seen him play high school. I've seen him at track practice. He's one of the fastest kids that I've ever seen on a football field. Insanely fast. At one point, I was kind of curious if he would just give up the football cleats to put on the spikes and, and come to school one day in Adidas or something, meaning he got a sponsorship. But he decided to go football, sign with LSU out of high school, even though Florida State recruited him very, very hard. He recently picked the Knowles, and here's my take. He needs to add some weight. He's six foot, 180 pounds, six foot, 180, somewhere in that range. But he was a little bit lighter than that going into his senior year of high school. Once he gets another year, this really right now with the weight room, Florida State's going to get a guy that's very difficult. If you're going to beat him on a play, you got to get your hands on him. Once he is beyond the line of scrimmage, if he's even, he's leaving. Very few players can run with Jalen Brown, and I mean very few. He can go. I'm curious to see what Florida State does with him. Just like I mentioned a few minutes ago with Jalen is the running back they signed out of Indiana, they can throw the ball to. He's an adept at catching the football. I'm going to think that this is another opportunity. Jet sweeps, screens, they're going to annoy you to death with the mundane. You might tackle him the first time. You might tackle him the second time. You might have two catches for five yards. Then you look at the stat line at the end of the game. He has three catches for 60. You cannot make a mental error. It's annoying to play teams like this in Florida States, kind of going back to what Bowden did in the eighties and nineties, the speed at the flanker, the split ends, etc. the slot guys, you might slow them down, slow them down. But when they hit something, it's a big play. Jalen fits that profile. And so does the other young man. I saw him play because I was at the iron bowl this year. Malik Benson, is really, they had one catch, but it was for 33 yards. He can flat run. Played for the University of Alabama. He's a little bit bigger in terms of physical bulk than what Brown is. He's a little over 190, but man, he can run. Uh, he had he had a decent year for Bama. Obviously, I don't know what's going on there. I, I know I think Kalen DeBoer is a good coach, but that program is bleeding players. Here's another one. Florida State signed multiple kids from the transfer portal out of Bama, and this is one of them. Getting an experienced guy that's played at the upper echelon of college football in Alabama is a coup. Just a minute. Forget the stats, the speed, size, all that. Getting players from winning programs is going to help your culture. That never changed. Even if you just won the national title, you want these types of young men coming into your college football program. Malik Blinson fits that. So here's the deal. Is he going to be an immediate impact guy? I don't know. Just like anything else, you got to see how much he adjusts. Does he pick up the offense? But Benson has those capabilities. He's in some ways the older version of Jalen Brown. They're, They're actually pretty similar, even in size. He's a little bit heavier, but they're about the same height. This is a good sign. Florida State is not just taking chances on random guys. They're getting an LSU kid and an Alabama kid at receiver. That's pretty good. I've got A- minus at receiver. I I like Brown a lot long-term, but I think Benson will have the bigger impact in 24. 25 on, look out for Brown, and he may even pick it up fast enough that he makes an impact this year. We'll see. You just don't know when a kid transfers, but that's something to think about. Next up, tight end. This is the one spot I'm a little concerned about because Florida State hasn't picked up anybody, and they've lost two. Preston Daniel only had one catch for four yards. It was a score against BC. It was a big score because they wouldn't have won if they didn't make that play. But they also lost Marcus and Douglas. He's the big body guy. I mean, he was massive. He's going to Arizona State. Uh, Daniel's going to Buffalo. It's unfortunate, but you're losing key guys. They lost Jaheim Bell. They're they're losing key players here at tight end. Are they going to go a little bit more receiver, running back heavy? They could. But the ability to run 12 personnel, like one running back, a tight end, an H-back, and just play downhill power football is a little bit lost unless you gain somebody in the spring at the portal. And they might. Right now I got it as a C, which basically means this is incomplete. I have no idea, but I am a little bit concerned about Florida State as it relates to that spot. And to be honest with you, it's not the end of the world, but you have to be able to use those packages. And Florida State did a tremendous job with Jaheem. I'm sure they're looking for a flex guy as a possibility, but losing two guys, they might, it's not out of the question that one of the guys they try to bring in, if they do go two. Would be a power guy. You don't know who's going to leave between now and then. Too somebody else could. At least one, I think, is needed in the spring. So that's just my opinion. I do know that FanDuel is needed if you're going to be checking out the playoffs or anything else coming on right now. It's a pretty good time. So the NFL regular season is wrapping up and it's over, and now we're into the into the playoffs. But with the action with FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is very easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like same-day parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, find a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to play popular parlays, and more. So visit fanduel.com. Slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. The final part is one of the main topics that I've had on this show all year long. How will the offensive line do in this game? Unfortunately for the Knowles, they had a lot of guys beat up this past season. It's part of football. Continuity on the offensive line is tough enough, right? It's not any newsflash. This third part is important. Getting some guys in that can help you because you lost some guys. It's it's a weird dynamic. I was really concerned at first. It's gotten better, but they're still a little incomplete here, even though they've done well with what they've got. This is the most complex answer I have, so bear with me. They lost Bless Harris, who played quite a bit. He's an offensive tackle. He's transferring to TCU. And then two young guys that I had, had at least some hope for, you need to see guys go into the third year to really know they didn't make it. Quay sap Sapp is transferring to ECU. Dr. Richardson is going to Florida Atlantic. Losing two big bodies like that that are over 300 pounds, the younger guys, the last two I mentioned, is discouraging. There's no way around that. Maybe they didn't have good attitudes. Maybe they didn't eat right. I have no idea what their deal was. I don't ask. I try to take a Broader perspective and one from the outside instead of just diving in and asking questions. Somebody at FSU, but that being the case, that's still three guys, right? So what did Florida State get? Well, kind of like a receiver. This is interesting because the Knowles have found some gold from the SEC. Two, one is ironic. It's it's Richie Leonard, the fourth, the offensive lineman for the Gators. Now, I'm not really a fan of PFF in terms of exact numbers, but I I did want to go into at least some of his grades. Now, Florida's offensive line, their scheme in general, yeah, it doesn't give me a lot of of hope. And these grades are iffy. I'm just going to read them off. You can take them however you want. These are his blocking grades overall as a Gator this past season. And this is by week. Utah, 64.4%. Against uh, MCNS, I don't even know that Middle Tennessee or something. Seventy-five against Tennessee, sixty-seven point six against Charlotte, sixty-six point three Kentucky, sixty point nine 60.9. Vanderbilt, sixty-nine point three, and then against South Carolina, sixty-three and a half. Interestingly, out of all those, you know, those sixties against Georgia. As good a defense they're going to play all last year. wasn't really much difference. 62.7 against Arkansas, 60.6 against LSU. The last two games of the year, he took a dip, and I think a lot of the roster took a dip. They were all ready to leave. 53.2 against Missouri and 53.5 against the Florida State Seminoles. So with that, why am I excited about Leonard? Well, here's the deal. When you get big bodies like that that have experience, especially at the SEC level, and Richie's 3.10, you're, you're going to be going up against a guy that has has the size when you line, line up against him every day in practice for other Florida State players. it's a, They know what it's like to go against big-time players. He did it in Florida. I mean, they had some really big guys at UF. He's battled in practice and in games against top guys. He's only going to get better. So getting him is important. He's an experienced player. The other guy, this is the one that's intriguing to me, and I don't, I don't know how much it's going to matter. Terrence Ferguson didn't play a ton for Bama. He played in and out of the lineup a little bit, but he played like four or five games, but it's twofold. Number one, a lot of upside. He was a tremendously highly rated kid coming out of high school. It's one of the schools that I've been following for over 30 years, Fort Valley, Georgia, Peach County. They've had kids, Power 5 kids, SCC players, ACC players forever. It's a school Florida State goes by all the time. So get a transfer from there as a bonus. Secondarily, it's another power kid. Florida State needs to run the ball better. They need to have guys that can play guard, maybe even play tackle. He could probably do both. We'll let them figure it out. It's Florida State's deal, not mine. But another big-bodied kid, 300 pounds, a little bigger, who's played at Bama, culture, culture, culture. Never going to complain about that. Getting that young man is going to help you, and he could be a plug-and-play guy. I don't know. Again, you got to go through spring ball. O-line is always about chemistry amongst the unit and not just the starting five. Got to have depth. Got to have players that are bought in, not to their own NFL contract, but to the team to help them get to the NFL contract. Being at Bama is probably going to help you with that. Not exactly taking a large leap there, but that's what I think. Richie Leonard is part one to that. And then Terrence Ferguson is part two. Could they use another guy? Everybody in the country, if everybody I've talked to, regardless of the school they covered or a fan or a coach somewhere, whatever, offensive tackle, the pure, no doubt about it. He's a 6'8", 3'10 guy. Whatever. There aren't any of those hanging out. Could Florida State use one of those? You're darn right. But so could Alabama. But could, so you know, Texas or whatever. Those guys just aren't really around. Although Alabama did just lose their tackle. And Caden Proctor, I imagine he'll end up at Iowa. That's where he's from. But there just really aren't. So for where we're at this at this point with another transfer portal window, I'm pretty happy with Florida State, especially considering where they started. I have them with a B. I don't think that I'm being unfair to say that it hurts to lose some young guys, but we didn't know. You know, Sapp, Richardson, maybe they had figured out having blessed back would have been nice. But it is what it is. This is the transfer portal era. You didn't do bad. You got two guys that have some experience at the major SEC level. Florida State did pretty well. So I'll be doing the defensive grades here pretty soon too, but I wanted to start with this. This is a lot of fun. Um, I'm curious to hear what everybody has to say. Make sure you comment, leave any kind of commentary or maybe something you want to hear about. i will be happy to take a look at it. Uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast and share it. It's a lot of fun. So, And once you do that, please also check out the Locked On Sports today. It's the only streaming sports uh, podcast that there is 24 seven on YouTube. We are going to be on there and everybody else, they run different shows, different hosts. It's pretty cool too. So check that out as well. Everybody have a great day. Thank you much.